0: Welcome to All Villa, No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Please subscribe to the show. This is the Midweek Social and I'm joined today by Danny Knott. He's a member of the AVFC London Lions and also a star of the West End stage. Danny's currently starring in Jersey Boys at London's Trafalgar Theatre. Danny, welcome for your debut on All Villa, No Filler.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. It's good to be here. I've been a long time admirer of the podcast, so it's uh, good to get involved at last.
0: That's good to good to hear. Good to hear. Lo- love it. Um, been meaning to do this for a while, so uh, good to finally get it down. And uh, we'll get we'll talk about Jersey Boys <laughs> in a bit, but first we'll start with the Villa Boys. Uh, Unai sure. Emery's men uh, battered Brighton six one at the weekend. Danny, I, I got to start there. What did you
1: make of that win? It was just unbelievable. But I think it was one of those performances where we've been threatening this for a while. And under Emery, I always feel like we have that type of performance in us. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite difficult at this point in time, you know, as soon as we won the game, sat third in the table, not to get ridiculously carried away. But some of the football we were playing and the link play that you're starting to see progress between Watkins, McGinn, Diaby, Zaniolo, those four, I mean, we just hurt Brighton time and time again and it was mm. you know it's always a funny one after the sort of performance against Everton which was you know very disappointing obviously a weird team weird energy and atmosphere at Villa Park overall but then mm. you know saw, saw just the performance was, was just outrageous some mm. wonderful football being played and it was like oh this is what we're all about this is our identity now
0: yeah, and I, I I started to notice it uh, after the Everton game in the league where we beat them 4-0. And I, I went to that game and I sat in the Northstand watching it. And I remember w- watching Diaby's movement and the way he linked up with everybody. And it, just the way he caused a bit of chaos in Everton's defence. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, we beat them 4-0. I thought, I think we're going to do this to a few teams this season. I didn't think yeah. we'd go and beat Brighton 6-1, <laughs> you know. Um, mm-hmm. But it was just a tactical masterclass from Runo Emery, wasn't it?
1: that's that's exactly the point i think you look at the way and it, it's funny because you see on match Day and some of the other uh, programs that have reviewed the game re- reviewed the win mm-hmm. i don't think they've gone anywhere near close enough to, to justify just the kind of job we did on them mm-hmm. i think you look at uh, again it's difficult to not get carried away but you look at that midfield too of louise and kamara i think mm, Almost every team, bar Man City in the Premier League, have got to look at that midfield too and think, "Wow, they've they've got something special there."
2: Yeah.
1: I mean the way the way that we were were pressing sort of from the front, you saw the way that Watkins and Diaby just were forcing their keeper and centre backs to play passes into areas that they did not want to be playing into. Yeah, you've got Dougie and the other midfield boys backing them up, and Kamara just screening the back four. And it just just worked to treat the amount of times. I think the most impressive thing for me was the turnover straight into a Villa attack. Yeah, like they weren't getting going at all. We didn't, you know, they had they had spells in the game where they looked dangerous. Obviously, they scored a half decent goal as well. Um, good good play from Jao Pedro. But I think, yeah, the, the midfield turnover. We're winning those battles in there, mm. and if we can continue to do that and stay at that level we could be anybody
2: yeah
0: I think you're exactly right and you know um, in, in previous years we've always been waiting for that CDM to turn up haven't we we've been having a bit of, I feel like McGinn and uh, Louise weren't really playing to their strengths in how they were used in the midfield before now Kamara's come in obviously that allows them to play in a little bit more progressive way and I think both of them have just gone up levels I think they look absolutely fantastic at the moment
1: this is the thing Emery is just he's picking the team and he's he's you know it's the old adage of putting a square peg in a square hole. Mm. Like he's just, yeah, that's your best position. That's where I'm going to play you. And right. obviously, when he doesn't do that, for example, the Everton game is when you know have got McGinn at left back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it doesn't go very well for us. But yeah. I think when we pick our str- when that team sheet went out at the weekend, you know, the chat in the group was, "This is our strongest side,
2: yeah.
1: without a doubt." And obviously, we are missing key players in uh, Mings and and Buendia. Mm. But I think, given that performance at the weekend, um, I still, I still actually would suggest that's probably our strongest team. The way that Esri concert performed, and I think this has been a, quite a big talking point for a while amongst Villa fans is Conta's role in that team and whether he can step up and be the man. Or well, he was, he was that against Brighton.
0: He was, and you know, the, the the first goal was so brilliant, and it all started from concert coming out of defence that curved ball through the lines. And then yeah. Villa held onto it for about a minute after that.
1: Uh, just mm-hmm. patience. The football, the, it was is high it, quality. This is, the thing. the word you use, patience there. I mean, McGinn said it in his interview after the game. He said that how Emery's educated the players, but he's also educated the fans. Mm. And obviously, due to the work I do, it's been a long time since I've been able to get to Villa Park. I think the last time was a one nil win over Fulham last year at home. Mm. And... Uh, there was still, you know, keeping the ball and playing out from the back. There was still some bits of unsettled behaviour going on in the <laughs> hole. But I think he's educated us as fans. And yeah. the trust and the, the patience, you use that word, the patience in the team now. I just trust that system. I don't panic. I don't worry. I just think, yeah. oh, we'll keep the ball. And even if we do lose it, the turnover's so good yeah. that I just I just back Villa 100% at the minute.
0: Yeah, So, I mean, I had the same experience. I went to Crystal Palace at home and we won 1-0 last year. Um, And I remember a couple of fans around me getting really angsty about the fact that Villa were playing around the back. And I was like, come on, like, you know, like, just get... Unai Emery knows what he's doing here. And uh, you saw it against Brighton (laughs) where the Brighton keeper had the ball for absolutely ages. And neither Diaby or Watkins got drawn in. They just yeah. let him have it and wait for him to make the pass. And it was like the crowd just weren't getting angsty. They weren't screaming at anyone to move it. As you say, like, it's like the crowd have been educated by, <laughs> um, you know, by <laughs> Professor Unai at the unai University.
1: I mean, that being said, I mean, it's easy enough for us to be patient when we're two or three nil up <laughs> yeah. after 25 minutes. So I think if it's still nil-nil and that's, you know, cracking onto 60th minute mark, then you probably hear a few groans kicking in, but it's, it, the other thing we we have got, as much as the patient build-up happens, and I think Mings is probably one of our best at doing this, mm. is we're not afraid to go long and into yeah. the channel. And Ollie Watkins is, I mean, he was just, I'm sure we're going to touch on this a bit more anyway, but just absolutely unbelievable. And his play mm. in that channel, you know, he runs those lines so well. His hold-up play is getting better. But I think his hold-up play has been improved by... Diaby and Zaniolo to an extent but Diaby for me as well he's just always there yeah he's always there to receive the ball and help him out it's a really really lethal partnership at times
0: yeah absolutely and uh, I've only seen them live once this season and uh, in person and we're just watching them working together, was a, it was an amazing thing to see. Yeah. And Diaby's brought that right-hand side of the pitch totally alive. But, you know, we mentioned Watkins. Um, you know, there were some questions about Watkins recently. You know, he hadn't scored for a while. He'd, he would looked a little bit like he was lacking in some confidence in himself. Um, but as soon as he got that Chelsea goal, I think he always just felt, you know, he, that's, he just needs a goal and he'll be fine. Um, what do you make of Watkins? What do you think of him as a player?
1: I think he can be it's difficult to say frustrating. I don't think he's necessarily a frustrating striker. He is a form striker. Yeah. Like you say, he needed that Chelsea goal and he was away and running it. I said it myself enough times, it wasn't working for him. And we need to maybe look at starting uh, John Duran, who'd been chipping in with a few goals, had been showing glimpses of brilliance and you know playing quite well. But I almost think getting that goal for Watkins against Chelsea, it's just sort of woke him up and it was even like you know the game against Brighton the other day there was the the deflected shot I think was it for his for his hat trick yeah Uh, yeah Yeah. his his hat trick goal you know before yesterday when his form wasn't that great that deflects and it's the bar or goes over or goes wide and even when he's not scoring he's the nearly guy Hmm. he's you know he goes through one-on-one and he misses a chance and as Villa fans we We do just get on his back a little bit. I mean, that's natural. You want your goal scorer to score a goal. Mm -hmm. You see a one-on-one as that chance. But his work rate off the ball makes him equally as important to us when he's not scoring goals because he brings other players in. I mean, I'm looking at a little list here I made of the goals that we scored at the weekend and Watkins' name is there. If he's not assisting or pre-assisting, he's scoring the goal. He was just just involved in everything. And Ollie Watkins on form is up there with the best strikers in the league. Yeah, he, he's got to be in England squad. Southgate was there, he's seen it with his own eyes in the flesh. I mean, if he's not picked for the next squad, you're just thinking, right, okay, the, the, the Villa agenda is back for Southgate. Yeah. <laughs> Greenish part two. I did enjoy the
0: commentator saying that Gareth Southgate is always like, welcome back with open arms to Villa Park. I was like, you don't know Villa Fast very much. I think you? <laughs> you've got that one
1: quite right, mate. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so. But uh, you know, I think yeah, Watkins' all-round game is absolutely fantastic. But um, you know, Villa now, incredibly, after that opening day horror show at Newcastle, five wins in seven games in the in the Premier League. Uh, yeah. you know, pushing top four. What have you made to the start of the season?
1: I think you look at it on paper and you see the the teams that you'd think, okay, or the, you know, the start of the season, you look at Newcastle away, Liverpool away, you think, if we get a point from those games, we'll have done okay. Obviously, we've lost both of those games. But winning the other five is just exactly what we should be doing to be where we want to be. Those are... those are Even the Chelsea game, I know Chelsea have strange old club at the minute. I've got no idea what they're doing. They've got a great manager. Big player turnaround. So you just think, I don't know quite how they're ever going to get it right again. But long may that continue, in, in my opinion. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think picking up the wins we have, keeping the clean sheets that we've kept, sort of. I thought we deserved the clean sheet against Brighton. They're they're a brilliant team, and we'll score goals. And it was good work from Xhale uh, Pedro to get to get in their goal. Obviously, Yanzu Fati put the ice on the cake. We could have defended it slightly yeah. better, but when we've scored six, I can't. I'm not going to nitpick over conceding one. But no, I I think we're, um, especially with the injuries, we've had big injuries to uh, important players. Mm. I think five wins out of seven, the only games we've lost are away to two teams who finished, well, Liverpool didn't finish that great last season, but they've started the season really well. And they're a a very, very decent side in this league. Mm. Um, And probably will be, you think both of those teams will be in the top four come the end of the season. It's an interesting one though this year, isn't it? Because it's the top five who are going to be, Champions League
0: looks like it.
1: I'd love to see our name all over that, and nice. I think there's a there's a real possibility of us doing it. I really, if we keep going the way we are, why not? Well,
0: that, that actually that was going to be my next question because I, you know, um, thinking of that potential top five and seeing how Man United and Chelsea have not started too well this season, <laughs> seeing Villa's kind of consistency that we've shown. I mean, in truth, I think Newcastle, I still think, was a freakish result. I think a lot of things just didn't go right for us that week with the injuries. And, you yeah. know, it just fell away apart a bit, you know. Uh, Torres having to make a debut in a tough environment like that. Whereas um, Liverpool, I think, were just fantastic. I thought their pressing structure was brilliant. Uh, Klopp is a yeah. serious manager. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, otherwise, I think Villa have looked really, really good. And I think that Brighton result was a statement win, to be honest. And so I'm now daring to think, like, I look at our midfield and think, "Oh, are, are we actually the real deal? Like, are we, can yeah. we can we do it? Like, is we've seen many false dawns before, but you, what yeah. what do you think Villa can aim for this season?
1: Well, look, we we just won our tenth Premier League home game in a row. Mm. Villa Park is one of, if not the best, stadium in the league. Yeah. We making that a fortress is going to be really, really key to how high we can finish in the division." So when Newcastle and Liverpool and Arsenal and Tottenham rock up at Villa Park, the teams that we look at now and we're competing with them for league positions, mm. we need to do to them at our place what they did to us at theirs and make it as intimidating. I mean, St James's Park is probably the worst away day to open the league. They were so yeah. fired up, you know, ready, the expectation, new signings starting and Tanali obviously goes and has the game of his life. You know, After that, he barely heard his name mentioned in the Premier League since that <laughs> opening day. So, it was just one of those. But I, I don't see why. I mean, obviously, you look at, I mean, despite the result of the weekend, Man City are just a level above. Obviously, they're struggling at the minute without Rodri. Um, and it's, it's clear it happens to everybody how missing one or two big players can upheave the whole performance and change mm-hmm. your system. So, you know, we've gotten lucky with, with Mings and Buendia, who probably, I don't think either will play another part this season. I don't know if that's confirmed or not, but you just think we, there's absolutely no reason why we can't be battling Newcastle, Liverpool. Spurs look good. Yeah. Under, under Postacoglu, they're the team from last season where you go, okay, you're the ones who are going to be battling up there with us as, as direct competition. But after that first seven games, I just think the sky's the limit for the Villa. We're, for the first time in a hell of a long time even you know last season the way we started it was just polar opposite to how we, we sort of finished mm. but thinking about what we can achieve this season it's it's dreamland for us absolutely um it'd be lovely to go on a cup run obviously we've crashed out of the <laughs> the league cup but there's a lot of mixed reviews on 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 that situation i think with us competing in europe we could probably afford to allow one competition to go by the wayside and Despite it being a potentially very winnable trophy for us, I'm not too upset about us leaving that one. As long as we do a bit more in the uh, Conference League and the (laughs) FA Cup, it'd be nice.
0: Yeah, completely. And, you know, I think you look at Villa's squad and you saw Everton last week and uh, even against Warsaw as well, where Unai Emery made the right call in the sense that he he has to mix these players up. He can't keep playing the same players over and over again just because of the the volume of games we're potentially going to have this season. Um, but uh, it feels like the squad, the, the overall squad, isn't quite where it is yet. We, you sort of just remember, we're still just a year into Emery's reign. Like it's yeah. you know, we're probably slightly ahead of where a lot of uh, he himself might have anticipated it would be. Um, so I think, yeah, I think looking ahead, it's like getting the full squad right will, is what will give me a lot more confidence that we can definitely make something like a Champions League. I just worry if we get one injury. To like a Dougie yeah.
1: Louise or something and oh,
0: touch with that doesn't happen, of course.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can't, afford, I mean, we've been, we're hoping we've had that bad slice of luck because losing Mings and Buendia, who would have been both massive players in this, in this team, probably mm-hmm. both knocking on the door to start. Although I think Buendia probably would have fallen to the bench in light of allowing Zaniolo to shine. Um mm-hmm. Still, you know, he's one player that I'm just so excited by.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I went to see a game Roma against Juve a few years ago and it was a game he actually unfortunately did his ACL. Oh really? Right. The first the first twenty five minutes of it, I was sat there with a mate of mine just thinking, Wow, this guy's mm. a, a player. And you know, Cristiano Ronaldo was at Juventus at that time putting in a great shift. But watch Zaniolo was the one that caught my eye in that game and when yeah. it was sort of rumoured we were signing him, I thought, Oh, if we get anything like that player I saw that day. Yeah. But yeah, I mean squad wise you know. Tielemans hasn't covered himself in any glory with the performance against Everton, but I think there's definitely a player in there.
2: Yeah. A
1: player that needs to to settle and once it starts going right for him, he'll be fine. Yeah, the rest of the bench and the squad is looking a little thinner than we probably would have liked to have seen.
0: Mm. Yeah, um, you know, I... I I think um Zaniolo, what's amazing about him is just his obviously his skill set, but the fact he's such a physical brute, you don't really yeah. see players like that very often <laughs> who have those two sides to them. Um it's either one or the other at most of the time. Um, mm-hmm. but he uh I think where he'll be effective might be a game like Wolves that we've got coming up next, where if Wolves are gonna sit deep, you know, maybe like a penetrating run from Ramsey won't be as effective as it would be against Brighton, whereas Zaniolo picking, you know, lot picking. Might be um, that might yeah. be where we see you know how effective he is as a signing. So you know the Wolves game, we don't tend to do too well there. Uh, mm. What are your thoughts on it?
1: Well, they're going to be buoyant from the the win over City at the weekend. Um, I still think. I mean, I've not really paid too much attention to all so far mm. this season. They sort of, you, you sort of know what you are going to get from them. They're not going to cause too many. Shocks apart from obviously the one <laughs> yeah. at the weekend. I think Pedro Neto is a, is a quality quality player, he and he yeah. he always causes us problems. Like I I hate coming up against him, but I think um, I don't know. I just I can't see us not winning. I yeah. just think we've got we'll have enough in the tank. Obviously we've got the game midweek uh, with the the Conference League against Zrinski. Yeah, so. We'll see. Obviously, there'll be some squad rotation, but I think if we can pick our strongest possible eleven to take on Wolves, I'd see three three more points in the bag.
0: Yeah, I'd hope so. We we haven't had much look at their stadium for a while, but hopefully, I think no. uh, you know it's overdue. Uh, is how There's a lot of Wolves fans will not enjoy hearing that.
1: But um... well, Professor I loves breaking a curse, doesn't he? He, he loves does the, he loves smashing a hoodoo. So why not the one at Molyneux? All Villa, No
0: filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. We mentioned Emery, you know, we've both supported Aston Villa for a long time, of course. Um, yeah. We're just under a year into Emery's reign. It's early days, of course, but is, is this the best Villa team you, or the best manager you've seen
1: in the time you've supported the Villa? It's really hard to say no. I, yeah. I absolutely love the team that we had under Martin O'Neill yes. supporting the club at that time for me was 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 fantastic I mean I was at university studying up in Newcastle at the time during that sort of period and it was just oh I just loved watching us play the link up play between lahore Carew, you know that midfield that we had was just yeah. so good but this team I don't think that team had the identity that this team have got no and, and and football has moved on a lot since then. Since um, then, it's a tough, tough question. Yeah, I think ask me in six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it,
0: my my first season was the Ron Atkinson when we came second in the Premier League. So obviously, I, mm-hmm. I have great you know, early memories of like when Villa would every week just beat teams. Um, yeah, but the only, only era was you know probably the one um, where. Uh, I, I, but, you, you know, you look at that O'Neill team, it was always very, like, it was quite repetitive. I think it was quite easy, you know, for other teams to work out what to do, though it was hard to stop Villa because they had such a sure. good team. Um, but at home, we couldn't quite ever... It was always at home that we weren't as strong. And
2: mm-hmm. it's, it
0: feels like that's been the case for a long time For, uh, for under a few managers. So it's only now under Emory that I'm like, I'll oh, finally fortress Villa Park, you know?
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> I said, it's been a hell of a long time coming. I mean, God, we've had to endure some really horrible times and oh, it's, yeah. it's quite funny, you know, you, you asked me about my favourite Villa team. I mean, watching us in the championship and the Dean Smith mm. at Villa Park, I went, I went a, an awful lot at that time. Um And I just remember coming away from Villa Park, it was such a good feeling all the time. Yeah. I remember thinking, God, this is such a nice era for the club. Okay. We are in the championship and it's, it's not where we wanted to be, but after the years we'd had, prior to that of just struggling in the premier league for three or four years. Mm. I mean that team and Dean Smith when when he got it right it was was lovely to watch as well. Yeah. The team yeah, winning streak. I mean I'd also, you know, throwing it back, I sort of started going to Villa properly as a, as a kid just towards the end of Brian Little's tenure. Right. Um just as John Gregory came in, I remember being sat right down by the uh, dugouts and we beat West Ham 4-1 and it's one of my earliest Villa memories. is just John Gregory leaping into the air with his <laughs> arms up, real big, like real fan celebration for the manager. Yeah. Just thinking, oh, I like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I vaguely remember that game as well. Um, yeah, but you know, so this is a midweek social, so we ask a few different questions in here, and uh, you didn't yeah. just sort of mentioned it there actually. But so, how did you become an Aston Villa fan?
1: Yeah, my uh, my dad was a Villa fan, and all that side of the family. Um, were villa a lot of my mum's side were were blues actually right. um but there was never any sway from that side dad sort of nailed it down very quickly every year was just thrilled to get a a villa shirt for my birthday <laughs> or was christmas it was the top of the list every single year it didn't matter what what was going on with the club but yeah we just i remember one of my first games i think was uh we drew two all with Arsenal Mm-hmm. And there was a last, there was a last-minute goal from from Arsenal very late on, I like eighty-seventh minute. I can't remember who the player was now, but I remember bursting into tears when he <laughs> scored, just crying on my dad's shoulders. You know, absolutely disconsolate. <laughs> villa should have won. Villa should have won. And I think mean, just after that, it was always, Dad, can we go? Can we go down to Villa? Can we go and watch the Villa?
2: Yeah.
1: I'm I'm from a, a town in the East Midlands, and I was one of the only Villa fans around. Right. And every shirt I'd have was Dwight York on the back. Was my favourite player, but I was known sort of affectionately in my local town as Yorkie. Right. Yeah. Even when I didn't have the shirt, I was walking to score at Yorkie. It was, yeah. It was Were one you? of them, but.
0: Were you surrounded by Coventry fans by any chance? Is that, is that it was mostly
1: good? Leicester. Leicester, right. Mostly right. Leicester fans and a few Manchester United fans thrown in there as well who subsequently became Leicester fans or you know, one of which actually became a Villa fan. Right. And I was like, "Oh, you, you figured it out in the end." <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, but I, I loved it as a kid being the only Villa fan around. I, mm. I liked sort of being that. Oh, I, I'm, you know, not going to go with the flock. And it was, yeah. you know, whenever we we never really did very well against Leicester. Though. That was the problem. Never.
0: We always, even when they were not very good, we always seemed to just not beat them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the year the year that we obviously finished bottom of the league and they finished top had potential to be one of the worst years of my life but fortunately I was, I was working away on a cruise ship in the middle of the Mediterranean somewhere when it all happened. So phone was off. I'm not, yeah, just clocked <laughs> out of that whole situation. So, yeah,
0: I, I was away for most of that year as well. So I kind of just, I was just I clocked out as out. Most, most, i was just like, no, nah, yeah. I can't, I can't look at this. Um, but yeah. you know, uh, best memory. Oh. Oh.
1: It's a tough one, isn't it? It is. It is tough. I, Honestly, like the the, the playoff final, mm. it was. It came at such a a brilliant time in my life as well. I mean, I was was playing for the London Lions. We'd had a brilliant season. A team I coached back home had just won their league, and then mm. to top it all off, Villa won the playoff final back in the Premier League. I just remember it was just so euphoric. Mm.
2: There's
1: very few things ever actually that sort of level up to score, the feeling of scoring a goal. Hmm. But the feeling of winning that game was exactly the same rush when that whistle went and it's just, you know, I mean, all on our knees, just couldn't (laughs) believe it had happened. Yeah.
0: That last 10 minutes when you bloody hell, when they they made it 2-1, you know, with that shot of Prince William, that's how we were all feeling.
1: (laughs) It was, it was was just, it was so like, we wanted it so badly and we knew that as a club we needed, it had to happen then. Yeah. After yeah. The the year the year before I was at the final, the year before to Fulham, and it was just horrible. Mm. So I think after coming back after that, a year later, right, we're back. We have to do it this time. It, yeah, I, I think there's nothing else that can compare to that, I think. No, not until
0: we win the Champions League under Professor Unai next season. <laughs> right. Well, this is
1: the thing to me. I'm, I'm so just that little bit too young to really appreciate any of the Cup wins. Yeah. So at 96, I was just not quite invested enough. Yeah, it the season after maybe on the on the thing that's going wrong. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, well, uh, well, the, fortunately,
0: I am old enough to to have been at the '94 Coca-Cola Cup final. Although, unfortunately, that means I'm quite old. Um, but uh, <laughs> but, but Danny, you know, um, look, you're on the West End, as we mentioned at the start of the show. Uh, yes. Jersey Boys, huge show at uh, uh, the Trafalgar Theatre. For for our American listeners, the West End is basically Broadway, uh, New York yeah. Broadway. So, um, so uh, Danny, tell us what your role is within uh, Jersey Boys.
1: Yeah, so I'm a I'm classed as a swing, um, oh. which in in football, in turn, is effectively a, a utility man. <laughs> so I'm the sort of first sub, but can I can play any of six roles in the show at any one given time. Yeah. So essentially I have to learn the script from top to bottom, know everybody's movements, know everybody's, you know, positions and everything like that, just so I can just slot in when needed. Um, and it happens a hell of a lot. Um, but yeah, I've been there for, for almost 18 months now and I adore the show. Right. It's it's great. The music's absolutely phenomenal. It's timeless music. The storytelling is, I think it's one of the best scripts in the West End.
2: Mm. Um
1: you, you very rarely get, you know, when these musicals come out and they sort of tell the life story or the, they're using a certain artist's music, yeah. they're often dressed up with some, you know, far-fetched storyline to link all the songs together. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Jersey Boys, what you get is, this is the story of the four seasons. This is the, the things and the troubles that they had to endure to get to where they got to, to be one of the best-known bands of all time. But you see some of the things they went through as a group, which was just crazy, like mafiosa sort of level things happening to them. But it's uh it's it's an amazing show. And I'm very fortunate that I get to cover the lead role of Frankie, yeah. um, which I've been able to do a few times now, and it's it's amazing. there's nothing there's nothing like it, really. That's
0: absolutely amazing to hear because you know, like I know a lot of people have done you know, drama school and all that. And, you know, it's 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 a really tough old industry. And you know, I really am aware. And um, to see you sort of on the West End, it, what an amazing achievement. And, you know, um, what's the experience like of just being on the West End?
1: It's it's crazy. I mean, it's taken me 12 years since turning pro to, to be on a West End stage. I've done a few tours. I've done cruise ships, I've, you know, a few bits and bobs. But I remember my first, my debut when I sort of went on for my first show in the West End just went up to take my bow and it was like just unbelievable i burst into tears it was like okay uh, this is what this is what it's all about um yeah, yeah it, it's quite a funny one i mean you know you, you have got broadway um and the west end as sort of the two biggest theater communities in the world really
2: yes, so,
1: yes to sort of feel like you're part of of that something special something sort of elite is uh it's incredible and i just mm. cherish every single time i get to step on there it's
0: amazing. Yeah. It must be just that rush of the crowd, you know, reacting and all that. Um, yeah. And having worked for it for such a, you know, really putting the hard yards, it's just, it's mm-hmm. brilliant. And, um, yeah. you know, because a lot a lot of people look at acting and think, you know, people might want to do film, TV, other, you know, Shakespeare, all that stuff. I mean, was it always your ambition to do musical theatre? Was that always your kind of your own?
1: Yeah, singing was always sort of my main passion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did sort of hilariously took sort of drama as a bit of a DOS when I was at school I, I uh, <laughs> initially wanted to, to do sports journalism or physiotherapy or something related to sport mm. but just got the bug for for performing and and storytelling and you know it it sounds cliche but it's that again the feeling of scoring a goal when everyone's celebrating your success with you at the same time because there's something you've done when mm. you're stood in front of an audience of a thousand people all applauding you for the work you've just done. Hmm. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. You offer me a West End bow as a leading man or scoring a goal in front of a packed whole tent. <laughs> it only ever goes it only ever goes one way. But it was um it's it's probably the, the closest thing I could have found. That adulation yeah. and yeah.
0: Just, just the, the art of performing, yeah. It's 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 an, am- an amazing thing to see and you, you've done. And um, you know the West End itself. I mean, is there like a you know is there much of a football community involved? Is is there many many football fans that you you work with at all?
1: Yeah, there's there's actually I think a much bigger community than than people realise. There is mm. um, a West End charity football team, um, so they sort of get around and and play against other other teams, but all in the aid of of charity. Um, there used to be a big, quite a high profile game between um, Lame Is and Phantom. And they oh, yes. sort of face off against each other once a year. But again, it was all for charity and you'd sometimes get some celebs chipping in and, and, and joining in as well. But, you know, I'm, I'm part of a group of about 150 lads. Mm. And there's a message that will go up sometimes. Oh, does anyone fancy a game Friday morning? <laughs> so, you know, and it's all people working in the West End, working in other areas of the theatre community in in all departments as well, you know, technicians, actors, lighting, sound, and it it brings everyone together. And it's Mm -hmm. great. And I've met so many people through football, despite, you know, the acting being the thing that's led me there, but it's the football is where I connect with people.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, it's, a football, it's a massive thing, isn't it? Just having that mm-hmm. common connection, really. Um, yeah, uh, it's been a big thing for me, even just moving down to London. To be honest, to, to meet so many new people, like yourself, for instance. You know, that's how we yeah. Be. But sure. uh, you know, if, if people want to see Jersey Boys, you know, uh, on on the West End at the Trafalgar yeah. Theatre, how how can they do that?
1: Uh, you can go to the the website, um, which is obviously if you just pop Jersey Boys tickets into Google, you'll you'll get yourself to ATG Theatre website. We're playing currently till January. Mm-hmm. um maybe beyond then we're not too sure quite what the the plan is at this point but yes we are we're there till january um and it's it's a guaranteed good night i've got to get some of the uh the london lines boys down at some point <laughs> i had, had one of the lads in adam a couple of weeks ago, and he, i think he enjoyed it
0: <laughs> have to ask you. <laughs> yeah uh, well because you know you mentioned that you're a london line we're both Uh, part of the AVFC London Lions as a Villa supporters group down here. You've been part of it for a lot longer than I have. Uh, I've I've been there two years, but you've been there (laughs) since pretty much the beginning, I think.
1: Yeah, I joined the London Lions uh, in 2016 Mm -hmm. and it was through one of the lads I'd actually met acting. I think he'd he'd been in a a panto with a friend of mine Um, and I got involved and we went... The first game I had with the Lions was to go to Reading away, was the infamous 2-1 away win Hadn't won in a o- away in over a year. Don't look back in anger. It was just a, it was a fantastic start. But yeah, we we started the um, the London Lions FC up shortly after that. Um, a group of about five, well, t- ten of us just playing five a side, basically people getting together for a game. And now mm. it's grown into this fantastic social, uh, you know, get-togethers. But the games, the league, the LSL is just mm. is, is is brilliant. Um, it's great to be a part of you know putting a Villa shirt on and getting to represent Aston Villa in any capacity is pretty cool <laughs> yeah um, but yeah I've been through every phase of the uh, the football teams up and down so it's it's been a good journey so far
0: yeah you, you've seen some very we've both seen some very low points we've both seen some very very high points as well uh, playing yeah, for it but um, it's honestly I can't recommend it enough to join the Lions if you're based down here in London particularly or even the surrounding area um, it's definitely Definitely something to get involved with. I think if you're a, you're a big Villa fan, now, um, Danny, uh, where can we find you online? You?
1: I'm on yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I think it's at Danny Not Eighty Nine. I think mm-hmm. is most of my handles, but yeah, you'll probably get uh, quite a decent balance of Villa content and theatrical content. There's usually something on my story of me running around dressed up in a <laughs> a wig or some description. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> There's always something going on on the socials.
0: Right. And uh, just before <laughs> we go, last thing Wolves, this Wolves, well, Mostar, obviously, uh, first, but we'll look at the yeah. Wolves
1: game. Prediction, score prediction? I'll guess 3 1 Villa. Probably an, an inevitable netto goal for them, but I yeah. think we'll we'll see them off. I think Watkins in the form, he's in now. He'll, he'll get a couple more, I fancy.
0: And Mostar result?
1: I mean, they're not going to roll over. They put a great shift in against Alkmaar, but. Villa fanciest to get another
0: 3 I think we'll get we'll get going in Europe that'll be the way well Danny thanks massively for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you
1: no worries thanks for having me mate
0: anytime up the mighty Villa come on